faithfulness, the self-control that would begin to be produced in our life that truly we would be stronger, more peaceful, more full of joy, loving you and others like we never dreamed it would be possible, but full of your life, full of your grace, full of your mercy. We're so thankful that you are faithful. And you declare, Jesus, when you left the earth, that you would send the Holy Spirit. And we know that you have. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Truly, we pray that you would have an encounter with every heart and every life, as only you can do. Taking the word and making it life to us, not just words spoken, not just words on a page, but something that begins to come alive by you working it in us, changing the way we think, the way we live, the way we speak, that we truly might walk in a different kind of life, in a different quality of life that was promised, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our new birth. And so we expect great things to happen in hearts and lives. We thank you for healing the sick. We thank you for delivering the captive. I thank you, Lord. The ones that have been crying out to you for freedom, freedom from bondage, freedom from that which has hooked them and held them. I thank you that the anointing is present to break yokes of bondage, to set at liberty those who have been wounded by life and held down. But there's an anointing to raise them up for this day and this hour. There's a place where they'll rise up and understand because you're bringing light and wisdom. They will understand your glory and your power. That that which they've tried to do in their own strength and failed, that there is an anointing and the glory of God coming upon them even now to step away from that which has bound them, that which has hurt them and wounded them and not return again to yokes of bondage in another place as they have in times past getting free from one thing and bound to another but even now, by the Spirit of the living God, that they'll not rely upon their own strength, but they'll yield to you. And by the glory of the Spirit of God and power, they'll not return once again, but once and for all, be free from the bondage and the wounds that have come from it. And through that anointing, there'll be a new outlook and a new response in the life that they now live. There'll truly be a, an expression of faith in the Son of God. Knowing like never before how you loved them and gave a life, your life for them. They might be free and experience life to the overflow. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We look to rejoicing, hearing testimonies of that freedom. Thank you for binding up the broken. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy that endures forever and ever and ever. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. For that which will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and by your spirit, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone who greets it. Amen. Glory to God. Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us 
online. I believe God has some uh, great things for us this morning. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, the life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Once again, welcome. I want to remind you, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, uh, we are in here at 8 o'clock having corporate prayer. Uh, we're just continuing. You know, we, we said, you know, we had a focus of 21 days of prayer, and uh, we're just continuing those three mornings. Uh, you know, just seemed like we're, we're making some uh, headway in some things, and so we're just continuing, and uh, we're, we're endeavoring to be led by the Spirit of God, praying about many different things. There's many things to pray about. I don't know if you... You realize that, many things to pray about, and so thank God for the Holy Spirit. What we don't know, uh, when we don't know what to pray for as we ought to, He helps us to pray. And so we're so glad about that, and so uh, you can come and join us, and uh, uh, we will appreciate that and see great things happen. Praise the Lord. In just a couple of weeks, Tony Cook's going to be here. I know these were the announcements, but you don't want to miss it. Remember, Saturday night, uh, there'll be two sessions that he'll be teaching on his book, and... Um, Praise the Lord. That'll be, uh, you, you won't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Praise the Lord. Pat, and I almost texted you last night. How are you doing? I just started thinking about you. I'm like, where, is, where has he been? You could get up here and speak. That might be risky this morning, but I'll catch up with you after service, then we'll find out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sorry if you're watching, just somebody I haven't seen for a while is here, and I'm just glad to see him. I've been thinking about him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning we're uh, uh, starting a new series. Uh, I believe we'll just take about five sessions. I wouldn't count on that, but that's my thinking right now. Uh, take about five sessions and uh, begin to go over what uh, we've entitled Foundations and uh, lay some groundwork this morning just to introduce it. Uh, but our foundations, anything that we really do, our foundations are incredibly important. If you understand building and foundations, it's incredibly, incredibly important. So uh, uh, in some veins as we go through this, some of you will know it'll be a, a check on your foundations. We'll go through, you know, uh, and many things in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we don't want to just keep laying again foundations and laying again foundations. But at the same time, many times the right foundation has not been laid. And uh, many times a foundation hasn't been laid at all. And if your foundation has been laid, we're just going to check up on your foundation. You ever had to check up on your foundation? A foundation was laid and all of a sudden, you know, there's cracks in your sheetrock and in the corners of your building. And you have to look and you understand, you know what? The foundation wasn't quite uh, uh, put down right. And there needs to be a repair to your foundation. You know, the hope is we never have to tear everything out and put in a new foundation. And I believe that with what God has told us that we're going to carry some things through. You know, there's, we're going to carry out the victory of Jesus Christ in our life. There's many things, but really God's doing something in your life. God's doing something in your life, and if you don't know it, then it'll be good to go over these foundations and realize he's doing something extraordinary in your life. He's working every single minute of every single day. He is at work inside of you 
to will and to do of his good pleasure. But if you don't know that, it's just a working from within. But as he's working, he wants us to understand what he's doing and have a good foundation, then begin to work from that place of what he's doing in us and begin to work it out and expand it out from us to affect other people in such a dynamic way that they begin to understand and lay a foundation for their life that God can build on. And so it may seem simple if you've already laid the foundation. It's not to to frustrate you and say, man, can we get to something bigger? But I I believe that we're going to move on uh, past this to some things. But this year, I believe, is very critical that as God is working and and growing the kingdom and building to make sure that we're not built on something that's not firm. I love that song. You know, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If our hope is really on anything else, it's not on something that will last the test of time. It's not on something that will hold you uh, emotionally, mentally, physically through different trials of life. But when your hope, your expectation to move forward is built on the blood of Jesus Christ and the righteousness that that produced, there are things that can be built on a foundation like that and the things that stem from that, a life that can be built that is bigger and it's larger, it's beyond any Anything that you ever hoped, asked, dreamed, or thought. That God's building things for you that you will stand before people you never thought you would stand before. Not necessarily that they're super great. There's some people that have been around you that you've been intimidated by. No reason to be intimidated, but you haven't been able to share your faith because you've been intimidated. But you're going to realize, you know what? I'm built on a strong foundation. I have no reason to fear. In fact, I have no spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a well-disciplined mind. And so since I love them, I don't have to be tormented in my mind, but my mind is sound. I love them. So I don't fear them, and in my mind, I know exactly how to speak into their life to create a change. That God's going to do things that you're going to walk away from and go, whew, God is expanding my capacity. He's creating things in my room, in my life, rooms in my life, so to speak where the power of God is residing, where people come into those those areas of my life that are incredible. But if we don't have a strong foundation, we're afraid of what might be built on it. We're concerned about how big something might be built, how big our life might be built and created if we're not sure about our foundation. And so we're going to look at this so that we can be Uh, sure of the foundation because some things are in store for the church and for you that if we have a good foundation it's going to it's going to grow it's going to be increased in measure but it's going to be increased in influence but that influence isn't going to be for us it's going to really be for people and in the end for the glory of God so turn in your Bibles with me we'll just kind of crack this nut open this morning and See what comes out. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, many of you know this, this uh, passages of Scripture that come up uh, in this. Uh, Jesus comes before his disciples. He wants to know, you know, what people are talking about. You know, 
He, he says, what are people talking about? What, what do men say about me? And, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. That happens, you know, whether you're connected to New Creation Church, you know, I could probably ask that. What are people saying? And you may know, uh, but then you have to say, then what am I saying? Right. With the things that you're connected with that have to do with God, what are people saying about that? And are you letting what people are saying about that affect you more than what you know about what God is saying to you about things? Right? And so Jesus uh, asks, and they say, well, some say John the Baptist raised from the dead. Some say uh, a great prophet. Some say Elias. And he says, now, who do you say that I am? And they're all kind of thinking about that. Peter pipes up. You know that? He says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so right here we take up there. Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, or Petros, a piece of the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not, or Hades shall not prevail against it. So Jesus is about building. He's still building his church. Philosophies and ideas have come and said, you know what, the, the, the church might be passed, the use of the church might be passed, you know, there's other ideologies, but Jesus is still about building his church. And he's not building it upon Peter. Peter is just part of the aspect that he's going to utilize Peter to bring forth this revelation. But he says, you're a piece of the rock. But the rock he's talking about building on, the solid foundation that he's going to build on, is the revelation that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, I cannot build the church that I'm going to build without a good foundation. Right? He could have said, well, I'm going to build it. And a lot of people think, well, he's going to build it on Peter. He just called Peter a rock. He's going to build it on Peter. Dear Lord, if he built it on Peter, he couldn't build very big. But Peter was the one who had the revelation who's going to carry it. And that revelation that he carries and imparts to people if they receive it and, and let it be laid down in their life will be instrumental to a foundation that brings them into this church that he's building. Amen? And so Jesus himself said, really, I can't build a church that is so strong that the gates of hell won't prevail against it without first making sure there's a foundation to build it on. And sometimes builders and people get in a hurry and they think not to really move forward in a strong way with the foundation. Sometimes because the foundation is underground, things in the foundation get neglected. Sometimes, you know, when you're building, you know, I, I built for a while. I built with Ed, and, and uh, it was really great to learn and, and work in that way because, you know, you start with the foundation, and, and he always made sure every corner was square. And people would come in, and, you know, we'd take time on all that and set that up. Other people would come in and say, you know, this isn't really a cabinet. Um, this is just the foundation. But you find out that if you don't put the foundation in right, it affects everything on the way up. Right? So every trade after that, everybody else is, if it's off and it's not square, and now all of a sudden the, the sheetrock hangers, the carpenters, the, the, the cabinet hangers, they got to go into corners that are out of, out of whack and all that stuff. If the foundation's not right, everything coming up, it, there's more trouble building. 
And so the care that's taken within the foundation is vitally important. Sometimes we, this is just going to be covered up. Let's just go on. But understanding the importance of the foundation creates strength and the ability for everything added beyond that to come into place and be much more solid and fit together better. Amen. Turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, the 7th chapter. 21st verse, Jesus, uh, again, he's talking about some things we're jumping in. You, it's good to study the whole thought here. But he's talking about the things of the heart uh, with people and the fruit that comes from the things of the heart. And then he, he, he kind of seems to shift gears, but not really. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this one throws people off, especially here. You know, we think we got to be, be about casting out devils, laying hands on the sick. And Jesus commissioned people to do that. So I don't want that to confuse you and go, we should draw back. But he said there's some things that are going on that there's not a foundation under. There's not a foundation under. And we're purposing. So the Message Bible says it like this. He says, um, saying, knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what the Father wills. I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bash the demons, uh, uh, our, our God-sponsored projects, and everyone talking. Do you know that I am going to say you missed the boat? All you did was use me to make yourself important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. So he begins to talk about, we're like, whoa. But see, we're here to make Jesus famous. And that's a little bit of a light phrase, but we're not here to become famous. We're here to make Jesus famous. And so we're not here to use his name to draw attention to us, but to use his name to help people that he would be glorified, that he would be magnified. In Luke, Luke words it this way. He's coming out of the, the same thought. And in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 47, uh, this is the Message Bible again. He says, these words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words. Words to build a life on. If you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. 
When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. Well, he said, when we come together, we're not just listening. We're not just trying to, to, to get our ears tickled, but we're listening so that we can take and begin to implement this word of God into our life and to know that it's a firm foundation. So when things begin to happen around us, anybody had anything happen around you over the last couple of years? This half has had a lot happen to them. This half, you must have cruised through like nobody's business. But I want to encourage you, you're still here. Stuff happened. You're still here. But Jesus is encouraging. He's saying, you know what? Listen, we're not building a life for ourselves, but we're building a life that lasts forever, a life that will endure the storms of life. Because he tells us over and over, storms are going to come, trouble's going to come, things are going to happen, but there's a place, a foundation laid upon that no matter what happens, no matter what storm comes, no matter what, if you build and have a good foundation and build on it well, it doesn't matter what comes, you'll still be standing. And Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that there was a shaking on earth, but there's coming a shaking from heaven and earth that anything that can be shaken will be shaken. But after that shaking, there will be things that remain, and what will remain are the things that were built on a firm foundation. And again, in building the foundation, we continue to learn, you know, if we, we, we've learned anything from hurricanes and earthquakes and stuff, builders and architects and engineers have learned more and more and more as they incur storms and tragedies of life in the natural that they begin to look and say, what kind of foundation do we build? What kind of materials are we building with? Are we on the right foundation for the conditions that we are in? Does our foundation and our building have the proper integrity to withstand the storm, the earthquake, the trouble that's going to come? Do we have the capacity, have we built the foundation to build something upon that will last? Do we have the foundation to build something on that's bigger than we think? Praise the Lord. So I want to just break down just a little bit here. Uh, the, the meaning of a foundation, and, and uh, Webster's says it like this. This is a foundation. I like this first one a lot. It says, it's the basis of an edifice, the basis of an edifice, that part of a building which lies on the ground, usually a wall of stone which supports the edifice. Second translation is the basis or groundwork or anything that on which anything stands and by which it is supported. So it says the basis of anything, but I like that when it said it's the, the base of an edifice. So I had to look up what, what is an edifice. An edifice is a building, a structure, a fabric, but appropriately it's a large or splendid building. The word is not applied to mean building, but to temples, churches, or elegant mansions and houses, and to other great structures. So I like that because Jesus is talking about foundations. But then if you understand that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
And so God wants to build an edifice out of your life. But in order to build an edifice, you need a good foundation. You need a foundation that will support an edifice, a large structure, a structure that will hold much and many, a place where God in all of his fullness, in all of his capacity can dwell. So we have a couple of pictures. Put uh, uh, the, the log cabin up first. Now, you could decide that your life is going to look like this. And so I know a lot of you immediately are going to go, yeah, oh, yes. That's what I want. I just want my life away from people, small, in the woods. But we're not just talking about where you want to run away and live and hide on vacation. We're talking about your life. And so there's a couple of things that we'll look at in a house like this. One, uh, the foundation probably isn't very large and doesn't have to be very large. It's not supporting a whole lot. Secondly, you can't get many people in there. And I know some of you are like, exactly. <laughs> That's what you go to the lake and go to the woods to be alone. But God did not create you. He's not building your life to live it alone. And then... What we've learned around here for a while is that due to inclement weather and lightning, that thing might not last long in the midst of fire. And the Bible tells us, don't be disturbed when fiery trials come your way. Now, if you have a one room, log cabin, you are concerned when fiery trials come. But if you're allowing God to build an edifice, you're not too concerned. Put the next picture up there. So, uh, I know you're all like, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Great try, Pastor, but I don't want it. Well, if it comes with, you know, all the things necessary. <laughs> but a couple of things that we want to observe, I'm betting, I'm just betting that that will not stand on the foundation of the log cabin. That is built out of different material that has standed the test of time. We began to go over to places and look, and things have been there hundreds and sometimes thousands of years, and they're still standing because they are on a foundation of stone that is in the bedrock, and they're built with stone, and they're built, built with solid materials, and they're still standing. And we built things that are not standing any longer because they were built, and they weren't built to last. And things that are just, you know, uh, maybe a hundred years old sometimes, even in the midst of our city. You go in and you walk and immediately you feel as if you're moving downhill. 
If you bought it just because it was quaint and cute and then put your couch on it, and as you put the couch on it and somebody sat on it, it began to slide across the room. That wasn't demonic activity. That was it was not level. Right? It's just, it's the foundation has sunk on one area, and now it's all off, and it's just not even very old in comparison to some of the structures that we see in other nations, and even in our nation that were built to last. And they're built, and you say, that's just too big, but that has many rooms in it. And so there's much capacity to have guests come in it and dignitaries and, and people of importance come into a place like that. Now, again, you might think about it and say, wow, what an honor and a privilege it would be to invite you know, a dignitary or a, a president of the United States into my log cabin, but you have to understand it would never work. But by the time Secret Service and everybody got in there, you wouldn't be able to sleep. So again, we can think and we can think that we're being humble at the same time if we're just building a life that's big enough for us four and no more. It doesn't need a lot of work. It doesn't need a, a big foundation. It's quaint. It's comfortable. No, really, nobody's interrupting our life. But God didn't build, build you like that. He's not building a life like that. He's building something, wanting a firm foundation so it has many rooms. It has many places for God to work, many people to come into, to be ministered to, that God himself lives there. And it has to be big enough for the bigness of God to begin to expand and to reach and to draw people into our life. God wants to do something tremendous. He wants to do something fantastic in the building of our life. I know some of you, yeah, yeah, I know that, Pastor, but there's one big problem. That costs a lot. And I can only afford the log cabin. Well, that's not true when we're talking about spiritual things. But we do have to understand this. It does cost. And so Jesus said that. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, he said, you know, talking about being a disciple or a follower of his, he uses the example that no one goes to build a building and doesn't first count the cost. For what reason? That he gets in the middle of building it and can't finish. And so we want to understand that as we're going through this, that there is a cost, there is a, a difference. There are things that we'll look at and say, listen, if I'm going to lay the proper foundation to have this edifice, this temple of the Holy Spirit being built that's called my life, where God can dwell, when, where, where God can allow people to come in to the rooms of my life that he's created, that I might minister to them, that they might get restored, they might become healthy, they might be delivered. There's a place in my life that God would be glorified, but I am building that the thing that he calls the temple of the Holy Spirit, my life. It is not a one-room log cabin, but it's an edifice. It's a temple. And so I'm going to, you know, allow you to spend some time this week just determining, you know, I don't know if I want a temple or not. 
But God wants you to have a temple. He's called you to be that. He wants to build something greater than you ever imagined. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 28. He talks to us a lot about foundation in his word over and over and over again. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, it says, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. He said, listen, I'm putting a cornerstone here, and I'm laying it in Zion. And back then he's talking to Israel, but Zion is a type of the church. He said, I'm, I'm going to build my church, and I'm putting within my church this chief cornerstone. And whoever's going to build on it doesn't act hastily because this is really the part that is going to make all the difference in the world, making sure the foundation is sure the measuring stone, the cornerstone by which the whole foundation and then the building will be built upon is sure and it's fast. We see in Peter, we see it'll either be the cornerstone that you build your life upon and build this edifice upon, or it will be your stumbling block every day. If we don't build upon it, if there's a cornerstone sitting right there in our life to build this edifice upon, but we don't build, we don't add to it, we don't put a foundation in, it's just a big rock that we got to stumble over every time we go somewhere. And Jesus never desired to be something we're stumbling over religiously every day, but that we are building a life in relationship that he created us to live in, to build a great life. Sometimes we wonder, why am I not living in this overflow of life, this great life that God uh, 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 promises me to live in? And we begin to look and we limited ourselves because we don't feel like we have a good foundation. We don't feel like we can build big enough on where we've been or what we have. But God says, I want you to examine and know that there are the tools, there are the materials to lay a good foundation, to build an incredible life upon. You may be able to have a vacation cabin, but God didn't ordain for you to live alone out there, never affecting and influencing people. Just you and your family, you four, no more. But God has a big plan for your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 19, he says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. He's talking about the whole of the church being built, but then he says, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Paul said, listen, there's this thing that's going on that's being established as foundations are being laid. There's this thing called the church, and, and it's enormous, and it's great, and it brings glory, and the presence of God dwells there, and the anointing of God dwells there. But he says, as the church is being built, you as members are also being built together and linked together. The church doesn't grow and isn't linked together without individuals being built in their life together with him. 
we have a good foundation. He continues to talk to us about our foundation and the things that he's doing in our life. So I want to just close here with four things to think about, three things to think about. First of all, you always have to think when we're, we're laying a foundation, Jesus says, you know, you have to go to that rock, that, that cornerstone. So the first thing is what kind of ground is your foundation being built on? What kind of ground is your foundation being built on? So if you just scratch the surf, surface of the earth and try to put a foundation on it, it's usually not very well. You have to dig out. You have to, to clean out the, the surface, the superficial, and then you have to get down to virgin earth or undisturbed earth or get down to the bedrock to put the foundation in. So as we're talking about foundations, whether you've laid one or you're thinking about right now, do I have one laid? I'm not trying to create confusion, but you look at it. You have to understand that the building of a proper foundation isn't just in your mind, but it goes right down to who you are and it into your heart, your spirit man. Jesus talked a lot about the heart, what kind of ground, what has happened, how are you doing that? When we built this building, I remember, you know, we were so excited to build this building, we, we scraped the ground away, we knew where we had to get with this building, and so we started back here with the youth room back here, and we dug that foundation, we dug it, I think, in February, um, but it was a not one of those, a year like this, it was nice, but we got it all dug, and we were all ready to go, and we had a hard frost, and so we were down to everything, we had a hard frost, and before we got started, we had to question, so the inspector came out and he said, nope, you got frost under this corner of the building. And so, you know, as frustrating as that was and time-consuming as it was, we couldn't just lay, we thought we're ready, we're going to lay the foundation. We couldn't lay the foundation because frost had gotten into the earth. When that happens, you don't have a firm ground. It, it expands, it, it'll heave on you. And so we had to dig that all out get down to where the soil was good to put the foundation in. And really, I, you know, we, we have carpet for most of it, but if you go back to that, there's not uh, hardly one crack in that concrete back there. Took a lot of time with the foundation. When you take time with the foundation, there's things that are stable and all the engineering that goes into the foundation, where you put the foundation, what kind of soil put the foundation on. And sometimes people haven't really examined their heart and they're, they're laying the foundation of a Christian life, but they don't know that they have to go a little bit deeper in understanding and, and really make sure the foundation is laid in a place in their heart that they can really build upon no matter what the circumstances of life are. Secondly, what... Are you measuring your foundation from? What are you measuring your foundation from? Every foundation, you know, you go out there and decide you're going to build a building. You have to get with all the, the county. You have to get on the lot. You have to take the measurements of the lot. You have to find all that place. And then you have to figure out where are we going to measure from? A fixed point that we're going to measure from. And then once we find that, we're going to measure the whole foundation so that it gets square, it gets everything where are you measuring from? What's your measuring of your foundation? Is it the experiences of in your life? Is it religion? Or is it Jesus, his blood, the righteousness, and the word that tells you about that? Because many times we're trying to measure the foundation and 
we're all cockeyed and it's tough to build that life because we just started at random. But building our foundation is at random. It says he's the chief cornerstone by which the whole building is measured from. The whole dimensions come off of that firm corner, that building block that's set. And third is the depth and the dimension of your foundation sufficient for the life you want to build on it? Is it sufficient for the life that you want to build on it? Every single one of us, he gives us a choice as to what kind of life, what quality of life, what size life we want to. God's not going to make you build an edifice. You, you can have a one-room cabin somewhere there, but as we'll look at that, we'll all stand before him and say, what did we do in this body? Well, I hid out in my cabin, but God says, listen, I'm going to equip you to build this edifice, and I'll have all the tools that you need. I'll have all the, 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 the things that you need to keep it clean, to keep it open, to keep it working. I'll have all the things of the Spirit and the help that I have in the Word to make that work. I won't make you do it. But at some point when you fill that place of your life with all that God has and all that God is and the people that he brings into your life and you begin to see them being born again and filled with the Spirit of God and their life changed and they're building a life now that connects next to yours and it builds the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's something that will be said in all of eternity about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 10, Paul said this, he said, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid this foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's works of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which is he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Sometimes we're just looking at making it through, but he's going to look at and say, what did you build? How did it last? And did you build something that would last and affect other people? There's always that place, you know, we have that, that lower building down there where our offices are. Some years back, you know, that thing had stood since the 60s down there. And so we had a storm and a lot of water came off of that uh, um, roof and some other water added to it the way that it was flowed in. I showed up one day and this half of that lower building, the block wall caved in. And so it's like, wow, how did that happen? But under starting to investigate, they just put that block wall up there with no rebar, nothing. They just stacked block, mortared block together. It had no real substance in it or anything that they built on the foundation that was fit to hold the pressure that came against it when that much water got into the soil. So not only the foundation, but how do we build on the foundation so when there's a storm of life and the pressure comes that builds up, 
that we're able to withstand that pressure and continue. So when we had to rebuild that wall, that wall underneath it right now has a, a, a footer about that, that wide. The engineers came in and said, well, we'll fix this, baby. It'll never fall down again. It's like, wow, that's kind of overkill. But I'll bet you it doesn't ever come down again. Right? And sometimes we're thinking, don't you think that's a little overkill, Jesus? Don't you think that's a little? But if we build it and it never comes down again. Never comes down again. No matter what happens. With the economy, with our government, in our marriage, with our kids. We have such a foundation. It'll last the storm, the hurricane that seems to be hitting it. It'll still be standing. And we'll be ready to bring in the things of God and begin to house and glorify God with our life once again that people might be affected by the things that come from our life. We're not utilizing the things that we use in the word and use the name of Jesus to build something for ourselves, but he's building something in us that goes beyond what we could ever imagine, hope, dream, ask, or think. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. Over the upcoming weeks, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll help us to understand what you are doing right now presently and in this year and beyond what you desire to do in raising up your church in the way that you have prophesied. Because you are faithful to accomplish and complete the things that you've said and you have declared that in these days and the days to come, you are doing something in your church. You're continuing to build, but there's also a raising up, as it were, out of the ground, the church, at a higher level. And in that, not just the church, but the individual members coming to a higher level, expanding their capacity, growing them, building a life that will last in a life that's bigger than just them, but will bring others into it to be affected for all of eternity, that you might receive the glory and the honor and the praise and the thanksgiving. So help us, Holy Spirit, to not walk away and forget our life, how it's being built, to examine our foundation. If it's been laid well, we don't have to relay that. If it's not been laid, it's time to dig and begin to lay a good foundation. If there's cracks in it to begin to repair, that we truly might be ready to build bigger, to build stronger, to raise up higher, to increase our capacity for the things that you have prepared for us to experience, to live in, and to walk in, to seeing the glory of God and the splendor that you desire to bring through us to a world that does not know you. We give you glory. We give you honor, praise, and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stand to your feet.